we always need God's rescue. And we're always thankful that he rescues us, right? And we trust him to rescue us continuously throughout our entire lives. It is great to see you here, both members and visitors alike. We are thankful to God for your attendance. We praise God that you are here this evening. Let's go to God in prayer, please. Oh, great God in heaven, hallowed be your great and amazing name. We do praise your holy and divine name and thank you. We thank you so, so very much for Jesus, your great son, in whom you so willingly sent to die on that cruel, cruel cross of Calvary. We're thankful, Lord God, that Jesus showed us the example of how to live for you, how to serve you, and how to honor you, and that the life of his perfection, Lord God, made him that propitiation for our sins. We ask that you'll bless us. We worship you, that our worship will be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. These things we thank you for. In that wonderful name of Jesus Christ, be thy will. Amen. Luke, please, chapter 1. John the Baptist, number 2. We want to continue looking at John the Baptist as we, as we wrap up our lesson from the Old Testament about Jesus in the morning. Uh, tonight I wanted to go ahead and talk about John the Baptist, who was born six months before Jesus Christ. So John always remembered and understood and lived by the mission that God gave him. He was the forerunner of Jesus Christ. Now, Zacharias, um, remember he had that uh, miraculous birth, he and Elizabeth, and he was the priest. And here, Zacharias prophesies about John, his son. He says this in Luke 1 and verse 76, And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go on before the Lord to prepare his ways. This is really important. Turn to John 10. It's really important because, remember, John the Baptist, uh, or John the Immerser, as he completed his mission or participated in his mission, the people didn't mess with him. They knew that he was from Jesus, or he was a, excuse me, he was from God, and he was a way preparer for Jesus. Now, they didn't necessarily accept everything that he said, but they never physically touched John. Why is that, right? They didn't come and torment John. They didn't come and persecute John. They came to ask John questions. And then they went on. Because Elizabeth and Zechariah were confirmed, if you will, in the minds of the people. And John was confirmed in the eyes of the people. In John 10, beginning at verse 40, the Bible says, And he went away again beyond the Jordan to a place where John was first baptizing, and he was staying there. And many came to him and were saying, While John performed no sign, yet everything John said about this man was true. And many believed in him there. So, so think about this. It wasn't what Jesus was saying at this point, but what John said about Jesus. And they saw that what John said about Jesus was true, and they believed the message of John about Jesus. Interesting. John 3, if you will. This is what John emphasized. He emphasized the superiority of Jesus Christ. John 3, 25. There rose, therefore, a distinction on the part of John's disciples with the Jewish about the perfect, about purification. And they came to John and said to him, Rabbi, he who was with you beyond the Jordan, 
to whom you have borne witness, behold, he is baptizing, and all are coming to him. John answered and said, A man can receive nothing unless it has been given him from heaven. And you yourselves bear witness that I said I am not the Christ, but I have been sent before him. He who has the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. And so this joy of mine has been made full. He must increase, but I must decrease. And so John, turn to Mark, Matthew, please, chapter 3. John pointed everyone to Jesus, right? If there were two men who were not servants of God, there might be some conflict between John and Jesus. But John pointed everyone to Jesus over the life of his ministry. And Matthew 3 and verse 11, the Bible says, As for me, I baptize you with water for repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, and I'm not fit to remove his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. So John just lifts Jesus up. He lifts Jesus up. He is the way preparer for Jesus Christ our Lord. John chapter 1. And as you read the scriptures and study the life of Jesus, it's probably more important to begin the study with John. What does John say about Jesus? Because he is the prophesied one who would fulfill his ministry and he would lift Jesus up. He would prepare the hearts of the people to be ready for Jesus, the Son of God Almighty. John 1 and verse 24, please. Now they had been sent from the Pharisees and they asked him, speaking of John, and said to him, Why then are you baptizing if you are not the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? John answered them, saying, I baptize in water, but among you stands one whom you do not know. It is he who comes after me, the thong of which, of whose sandal I am not worthy to untie. These things took place in Bethany beyond the Jordan, where John was baptizing. And here's what's amazing and interesting. John is confirmed in the hearts and the minds of the people with their limited knowledge in regards to Jesus. John told them that Jesus is the one, and yet they refused to listen. Isn't that interesting? Right? And there was no question about John and his message, and yet they struggled to listen to Jesus, to God, the Creator. Look at verse 15, same chapter. John bore witness of him and cried out, saying, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me has a higher rank than I, for he existed before me. Shouldn't that have boggled their minds a little bit? Like, wait, we know that you were born six months before Jesus. How does... That's backwards, John. They didn't even ask a question, right? When John was preaching, in verse 30, the text says, This is he on behalf of whom I said, After me comes a man who has a higher rank than I, for he existed before me. He's telling them again, This man, Jesus Christ, existed before I did. They're like, no, John, you were born first. Maybe John just doesn't know what he's talking about. Of course, John knew exactly what he was saying to them. At that moment, he was declaring the deity of Jesus Christ. Right? John 1, verses 1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. 
all things came into being by him and apart from him through Jesus nothing came into being that has come into being and John came proclaiming that message to them the question is why weren't they listening right they listened to John preach but they weren't hearing what John had to say now verse 19 please of John chapter 1 here's the witness of John and this is the witness of John when the Jews sent to him priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him who are you so here are these religious leaders who are you know they're skilled in the scriptures they're reading the Bible and they're trying to figure out John something uniquely different about you we know it it's confirmed that you have a priestly descent it's confirmed that you are a Nazarite we know that your father uh, is from God we know your mother is from God we know that you are from God but who exactly are you so John was an important witness of Jesus Christ and no one questioned whether John was a prophet of God or not because they knew but they didn't treat John any differently than the old prophets they didn't listen to him either his message was pure his message was true and this was uh, if you will this conversation is in the midst of all of the religious leaders look down if you will to verse 20 so John confessed and he confessed and did not deny it and he confessed I am not the Christ. So what does that tell you about the audience, if you will, of people? Turn to Psalm uh, chapter 2, please. What it tells us is the world, just like uh, history tells us, the world was expecting the Messiah. See, around 250 B.C., the Greeks, um, you know, they, they put together, if you will, the Septuagint. And so they took the Hebrew scriptures and uh, uh, had the Jews come and take care of this. They took the Hebrew scriptures, they translated them into Greek. And that was a very, very popular and the world language of the day. So it wasn't just the Hebrews or the Jews who were expecting the Messiah. The whole world was expecting the Messiah. Right? Everyone was looking for him. So when they're questioning John, they're saying, are you the Christ? Are you the one that we're looking for? Are you the expected one? John says, no, I'm the way preparer if you will right the christ verse 2 of psalm chapter 2 the kings of the earth take their stand and the rulers take counsel together against the lord and against his anointed verse 6 please but as for me i have installed my king upon zion my holy mountain i will surely tell the decree of the lord he said to me thou art my son today i have begotten thee and john is being emphatic and saying i am not that one i am not the fulfillment of these prophecies turn please to matthew chapter 23 so god sent john to prepare the hearts of the people right to get them ready to say hey you're not just expecting the christ i'm telling you the christ is here the christ is among you in Matthew 23, in verse 37, the Bible says, Oh, Jerusalem, Jesus speaking, Jerusalem, who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her, how often I wanted to gather 
your children together the way a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. And you were unwilling. Behold, your house is being left to you desolate. For I say to you, from now on you shall not see me until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. When you read the Bible, it's pretty amazing. We're going back to John chapter 1. The number of times in the Old Testament that God speaks to the nations, not just to the Jews, but to the nations. He sends His prophets, and they, they either heed the warning, or they disobey. And when they disobey, whatever the warning was, it's fulfilled in their lifetime. And so imagine that all they had to do was listen and obey. You know what that shows me? We're no different, right? People are the same from generation to generation to generation. We just have different names and different faces. God is giving us a message, has given us a message, and all we have to do is listen and obey. And when we refuse to obey, as they in the Old Testament, then comes their demise, their destruction. Whatever the warning was from the prophet, are we listening and obeying Jesus? That's the question. Look at John 1 and verse 21. And they asked him, What then are you, Elijah? And he said, I am not. Well, wait a minute. Isn't the prophecy that Elijah would come? But is he Elijah? In the spirit, yes. But no, he's not Elijah. He's John. My name's John. I'm not Elijah. All right? Remember, when they asked this question, this is the same thing. you got to put this together. When they asked this question, they're putting John and actually taking him as being the literal Elijah. The same Elijah as, as the people in that day honored, these Jews, honored Elijah, the prophet, the great prophet of God. And when Jesus, remember, was dying on the cross, remember what they said Jesus was saying. When he said, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, they thought he was saying, Elijah, right? He's crying, he's crying for Elijah. And John says, I'm not. I'm not that one that you're crying to, that you, that you speak of. Are you Elijah? He says, I am not. Are you the prophet? Who's the prophet? It's Jesus. He says, No. And they're like, well, well, then, well, then who are you? Right? What difference would it have made? They didn't listen anyway. Isn't that funny, right? He, he could have said, well, even if I told you, you wouldn't believe me anyway. Even if I told you who Jesus was, you wouldn't care. Right? But God doesn't work that way. Thank God that he is not like us. So we understand then that John understands his mission. John understands the work that God has given to him. John understands that he's not Elijah the Tishbite of old in 1 Kings chapter, say, 16 through uh, the rest, uh, a few, many, many, many chapters after that. But he knew he was not the Messiah, and he knew what he came to do. He came to lift the Messiah up, to prepare the hearts of the people for Jesus. Are you that prophet? So they're expecting the prophet, the great prophet, right? Look at Acts chapter 7. Are you the prophet? When they say the prophet with a definite article in front of it, they're speaking specifically 
of the Christ, okay, or whomever that prophet is. Acts 7, verse 37. This is the Moses who said to the sons of Israel, God shall raise up for you a prophet like me from your brethren. So they're asking him, are you that prophet? That's what we're talking about. No other prophet, just that particular prophet that Moses spoke of, which and who is the Christ? Elijah. He says, no, I'm not. Chapter 3. Chapter 3. The sermons of, of the apostles in that day, they're talking about Jesus being that great prophet. Acts 3 and verse 22. The Bible says, Moses said, the Lord God shall raise up for you a prophet like me from your brethren. To him you shall give heed in everything he says to you. You talk about people who don't listen, right? You, you know it's the Christ. And he says, Moses said, listen to Jesus. The Father said, listen to Jesus. John says, listen to Jesus. And they didn't listen. And the preachers are saying, listen to Jesus. Right. The next verse, 23. And it shall be that every soul that does not heed that prophet shall be utterly destroyed from among the people. Are you that prophet? And John says, I'm not him. That's not me. John 1. They're still questioning him. They want to know who John is. Verse 22. And they said to him, Who are you? So that we may give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? And he said, I'm a voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as Isaiah the prophet said. I am the fulfillment of the prophecy, but I am not the fulfillment of the prophecy. Right? He's higher than me. Jesus. So, the Old Testament, when you read it, and you're thinking about God, and you're going, well, you know, did they really figure things out? Yeah, they, they knew the Messiah was coming. They accepted the old prophets. They investigated the prophecy. They just didn't listen to it. They didn't obey it. They didn't heed it like God commanded. And then John, in his preaching, stands up in their midst and says in verse 29, the next day he saw Jesus, Jesus, coming to him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Isn't that what Jesus said about himself? I came for you. But they refused. They refused. They refused. They refused. What do you do about that? The Bible says, shake off the dust from your feet. And move on. So when you have all this evidence in front of you, and you have all of this information, and you try and declare it to someone, and they just refuse to listen, it's not our, our responsibility to become angry and upset. Just shake off the dust and move on to someone else. Acts four, please. Acts chapter four. Jesus is the one in whom we have salvation, and you can find it nowhere else. And Jesus said, the one must hear the word of God and believe it. The one must have godly sorrow in his heart. Repentance. 
And one must confess his name before men. And one must be baptized, immersed in water for the remission of their sin. And then Jesus says, if you're a child of God and you're struggling, you can ask for prayer. And the church will pray with you, pray for you. But greater than that, you can go to the Father and ask Him to forgive you for your sin. Are we listening to Jesus? Acts 4 and verse 12. And there is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved. And think about all the names that we could name of people who have announced to the world that they're going to serve this particular God with the lower G. Whether it be a person or some made-up, uh, if you will, object, whatever it may be, whomever it may be. But that name will never save us. Only the name of Jesus. Tonight you're encouraged to come to Jesus and to go to Jesus in your walk of faith. If we can help in any way, please come while together we stand and sing our song of invitation. Why don't you come?